Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. Lord, yours, so that hearing today, people hear your words and not mine. In the name of the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I'm sure you all realize, looking at the readings, uh, there was a lot to talk about. So I'm going to get to it. So the sermon today is on faith, and I want you to keep that picture in your head. And with Paul and the Philippians, we are to rejoice in the Lord. So using the theme, what does good look like? By the end of this sermon, I hope the picture of faith in my head matches the picture of faith in your head. From today's epistle, for his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. Do you see it? I think somebody did. (laughs) God blesses us with righteousness through our faith in Christ. Faith is trusting in God and God alone. And today, I want to explore first the object of our faith. Then next, what having faith in God looks like. And then third, our destiny because of our faith in God. So starting with what good looks like as an object of faith or who or what we believe in. I want to point out, hope is not faith. Some have faith in money, or their will, or perhaps God. So, every August, I want you all to think about this. Every single August, I have absolute faith that the Texas Tech University football team will win the national championship. Absolute faith. Some here may feel the same. Maybe about UT or NAM or Baylor or maybe even Arkansas. And you know what? Every single year I am disappointed. <laughs> As many of you are. <laughs> I have faith. I have faith. Why is this not happening? Why is Texas Tech not winning the national championship every single year? Do I not have enough faith? No, my faith is based on a mediocre football team. It's a creation of man. Even if you have faith in an excellent football team, you will be disappointed. It is a creation of man. Just like money or your skills and your ability. They're gifts from God. They're not to be worshipped, and they're not to put faith in. And now I want to be perfectly clear. God never disappoints, ever. He may not give you what you want, but He does give you what you need. And I'm going to use it an example. Myself, by the way. When I was 18 years old, you know what I wanted? A million dollars. I wanted to win the lottery. What would have happened? It would have been a dumpster fire. 
I'm sure alcohol, the whole nine yards, would have gotten out of control. But you know what God gave me instead? By the way, I brought my own Kleenex this time. <laughs> what God gave me instead was a wife. Someone I can spend the rest of my life with, a partner. God knew what I needed before I did. And he was... I did win the lottery. Those of y'all that know Katrina know I'm married way above my station, so. <laughs> so I ask you, please do not confuse your hope with faith in God. Only God is worthy of your faith, and we can only come to him through his son, Jesus Christ, and him crucified. Your wealth will fail you. Your brilliance will fail you. Your favorite football team will fail you. God will never fail you. Only God is worthy to be the object of unrestricted faith. As an object of faith, what good looks like is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He will never fail you. So the next question is, what does good look like when we have faith? I'm going to talk about a couple of the stories out of the Old Testament. I want to give you an example. I'm not going to go into deep detail, so please, if you haven't read the book of Ruth, please do so. It's my favorite book in the Bible. In the book of Ruth, Naomi, when things were rough, her and her husband left their country. Naomi believed in God, but did not have the faith in God, so she left. Her and her children. Make a long story short, when things went south really bad, lost both of her sons and her husband, and she's sitting there with two Moabite women that are his daughter-in-laws. She turned around and went back, and she turned to the daughter-in-laws. And she said, y'all go back to your families. Maybe you can find husbands. Ruth said, where you go, <laughs> excuse me, sorry, where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. And your God will be my God. That is faith. Can you imagine? You, get, you know, think about the big picture. This is a Moabite woman. She's hated in Jerusalem where she's going. But she had the faith in God to go anyway. By the way, if you haven't read the book, please re or if you've read the book, please reread it from that point of view. It'll change your, your perception. And if you haven't read it, read the book, Now's the time. It's only four chapters. Come on. Next story is Noah. So I want to just kind of summarize a conversation between God and Noah. God says, Noah, build a boat. Noah said, why? He said, well, to protect you from the flood. Noah said, oh, what's a flood? God said, it's when I put all this rain on the ground, it's going to flood. Noah said, what's rain? It had never rained. Think about it. Yeah, it's kind of like West Texas, you know. <laughs> but Noah had the faith to build the boat anyway. Our faith must, in God must be based on His grace, on, not on our works. Ruth and Noah both had faith in God. Our faith must be based on the fact that we trust God to love us and to care for us. His grace. If our grace is based on our works, it's not faith. It's just kind of reimbursement, maybe a paycheck. 
Jesus completed all works on our behalf on the cross. It is finished. It is done. We are redeemed by him, saved from a certain death we deserve by his action on the cross. Nothing that we did. Grace is freely given. So in today's gospel, we'll look briefly at Mary and Martha. Martha complained she was doing all the work. How many of us feel like that? Hey, we're doing all the work out there. Nobody's helping us. Jesus pointed out that Mary had the better portion. Mary was simply reveling in the presence of God. I apologize. And Jesus said, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. And what is that one thing? Faith. Mary chose fellowship with the Lord out of love, out of faith in the Lord. How many of us feel like Martha? I do it a lot. But we can, we can do nothing to earn Jesus' favor. As we read, Paul, and Paul points out in Philippians today, beware of teachers who preach that you do not have to, have to do something to earn God's grace. That's the law. This is the drive we all have to be I'm not going to accuse Martha of anything. It would be like that, where we work our way in. Don't believe someone who says you need more faith. The reality is, God's grace is sufficient for you. The law has no power to change us. Only Jesus can do that. When we do works, we do them out of love for God, not because you can earn your way to salvation or earn extra credit or gain a higher status but out of love. So what does good look like having faith? Being Noah, being R Ruth, or being Mary. Sitting and simply reveling in God's grace. So the last point that I want to make, by the way, there's a story about a Puritan preacher who did a 16-point sermon one night. And the next day, he uh, was going to give a sermon. So the point, he said, okay, so many people complained about the 16-point sermon that tonight's sermon is pointless. <laughs> so. What is our destiny because of our faith in God? There are books written on this. I'm not going to go in. I'm, I'm going to focus on the big picture, on what eternity with God looks like. I'm not going to get on to how we get there or you know, the details of what heaven looks like, because that's kind of like how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. The, the main question is, what is eternity in God going to look like? I want you to envision pure worship of God. No sin, no decay, no corruption. Pure worship of Him. Listening to Him for His desires and doing what His, His will because we love Him. I want you all, every single one of you, to think about moments in your life that you felt God's presence. I want to give you a second. Think about that. Because what, what you're probably experiencing right now is joy, peace, serenity. That is being in God's presence. I want you all to take a small mental vacation with me. Now I'm going to look at our future with God using a short parable taken from Dennis Bennett's Trinity of Man. I want you to 
pretend that you have a small grain of sand in your finger, between your fingers. Roll it around a little bit and look at it real closely. And it's a small grain, so it may have to be bifocals like me. But there are sharp, rough edges that you can feel that hurt when you hit wrong. There's dark spots in the grain. And there's beautiful, clear spots in the grain. And I want to point out that some of your grains of sand have more sharp edges and dark spots than others. And that's okay. The, the rough and sharp edges are difficult times in our lives. In my case, my father and daughter's loss. Stressful and painful times in my career. The dark spots are where I've turned my back on God. Alcohol abuse. My focus on my career. Over my family and God. But there are beautiful, clear parts in my green that I can see. Moments where I've had joy in God's presence, like we talked about earlier. Now, I want you to take yourself and picture yourself with that grain of sand in your hand onto a beautiful beach. And I want you to pick up another grain in your other hand and look at it. On this beach, you'll notice this. The grain is perfectly clear. No sharp edges. Nice cube. Like a flawless diamond. Now, toss your grain onto the beach. Can you find it? The grain you held and tossed onto the beach is all the pain and suffering that this life holds, this one lifetime. But the beach is covered with infinite lifetimes that you're going to spend with God through eternity. Think of that. That joy that you have when you've had that moment with God. That's how you'll feel through eternity. What does good look like when we have faith like those glimpses you had in your life being in God's presence? They will be yours forever. Eternal joy. Eternal peace. Eternal serenity and eternity with God. By accepting Jesus into your heart, you are now a child of God. As Paul said, like Christ in his resurrection. And you will live eternally in God's presence. We don't earn anything. The work was done by Jesus on the cross for us. The power is in Jesus, not in us. Please remember, only God is worthy of our unrestricted faith. Faith is being Ruth or Noah and like Mary, simply sitting and reveling in God's grace. And the life we live now will be gone. And our eternity of joy and peace and serenity will be with God. You know, everything that we experience in this life, there's a lot of painful things going on right now in a lot of people's lives. But in God's presence, it will be a fading memory, like that grain of sand on the beach. 
I want you to take a moment to think of those who have gone to their reward before us in Christ. They will be walking on that beach with us. Lord, I give this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.